Yes, sir. There she goes. Uh, another episode of Clean Breaks report card pickup for 626-2021. My guy. I think that was an exciting night of boxing. Uh, definitely. Yeah, man. I enjoyed it. Um, we had fights on ESPN, and then we have fights on Showtime. And then we also have fights on the zone, which I had to watch later on that night and fell asleep on. So uh, I'll have to go back and watch it again. But that Pacheco kid on the DAZN show, man, at 6'4", at 154, I think him and Fondor should mix it up, man. Him and Fondor will definitely, uh, at some point, mix it up. You know, Fondor, PBC, Pacheco, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, DAZN, yeah. you know, Matchroom, however you want to call it. So whatever he, whoever he's with, a golden boy. Probably Golden Boy is probably who he's with, but they're all on the zone. So yeah, took all the fighters over there. Uh, yeah. I, it was interesting to see him fighting. I think Fundora wins that fight, though. Uh, Fundora does win that fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I, 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 I probably uh, keep Pacheco away from him for right now. I don't think he's ready for that. Hey, have you noticed that even with the ESPN fights, there's a lot of Robert Garcia over there, man? Yeah, um, a lot of Robert Garcia. Well, he's he he's good for business. He's got a big Robert, gym. He's got a big gym. He promotes and backs up the culture that well, not the culture. Well, his culture, number one, which is you know, Mexican, Mexican American, which is good for business because they like to divide and promote things in boxing among racial and national lines. And Garcia feeds into that more so than anybody in all of boxing. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. hear them say, they'll say, hey, who's matched up? Oh, um, Tank and Barrios. Well, even though I'm going to say a whole bunch of things in the show that Tank is a superior, better fighter, I think he's going to win, he's got the power to carry up. He's giving you all the boxing common sense and all, all of the, you know, expertise he has in terms of picking who he thinks has the advantages, who he thinks he's going to win. But then he'll end it and say, but I'm going for Barrios because he's Mexican. And he's Mexican American, so he's gonna win, you know. And that's just uh, that's just how the business of boxing, uh, nation pride, nation pride is is uh, well na- na- national and also ethnic, right? Because Barrios wasn't born in Mexico. True, um, but you know that so they gonna claim that, you know. Well, they play on that again. That comes back to the ethnicity, right? Um, so you know, he he definitely plays into that. He's good for business that way. Um, I think that eventually that's going to die off. I think that's a very it's um, a very short sighted way of looking at things. Um, and I think you also lose credibility. It's one thing to say, "Hey, I'm Mexican. I'm proud of a Mexican guy wins." It's another thing to say, "Well, this guy's going to win because he's Mexican." Right? I just think that's just bad. It just doesn't make any sense. It's bad, and it's and, catching up with him because a lot of his fighters are losing. Yeah, and and constructively constructive criticism when i'm looking at them and they're saying these guys are the top guys they really aren't necessarily that good like they're yeah when when i hear them say that oh this guy is going to be the next guy to me from what i know about boxing it really means that the guy's like a b-level fighter to me Mm -hmm. and that's just me Mm -hmm. because every time well not every time but a good percentage of the time that i've seen fighters come out of his stable or other people's stable they haven't been that high level quality that we we think they should be or we want them to be. 
you know they're usually just like b or c fighters so um yeah again i think we can say that's just where the dishonesty of, the, uh, of boxing comes in when guys start going about national or nation pride or ethnic ethnic pride you know and there's nothing wrong with everybody you should be proud of where you're from i'm proud to be black yeah. you should be proud to be mexican yeah. mexican-american whatever yeah. it may be but when we're talking about being honest about the sport of boxing that has you know you kind of got to throw that out the way if a guy's just better than you he's just better than you you know uh, yeah. a student doesn't contend with a c student because an a student knows knows that he's better and he knows that he can offer help to an a student i mean to a c right. student so uh, that's one of the things that we see often where these guys will say, oh, well, I'm riding with Barrios or I'm riding with, you know, Virgil, Virgil Ortiz against uh, Boots Ennis when we are looking at it and you're going, Boots is probably going to go some rounds with him, but he's either going to stop him or he's going to, you know, out, just outbox him for the rest of the night. So uh, yeah. there's that's two big, two big, two different things, like you said. However, yeah. let's get on into it. Did you watch any of the zone card, or you? Had to I, I didn't catch later? any of it. I want to look at it with fresh eyes. I'm okay. planning on watching it on the big screen today. Now it was enough for me with ESPN and Showtime <laughs> pay per view. That, that was, was a lot. And then, look, those were great fights too. Um, those were master classes in boxing. We saw the two smaller guys beat the larger, longer, bigger opponents who are more natural to that weight class um and two guys who we have a great deal of respect for in terms of their boxing acumen as well absolutely um and against two bigger guys who aren't great you know it's like um a great little guy beats a good big guy um and i think we saw that and so at the end of the day um it, you know i like the way this is set up and how we lead into this because these fights even say something about the Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao fight, because again, Errol's a bigger guy, Manny's a smaller guy. And so now the question is, you know, is Errol a good big guy or is he a great big guy? Because we know Manny Pacquiao is a great little guy. So I think this fight is going to let us know is Errol the, the great big guy and would a great big guy sleep the great little guy? I think so. I think Errol's great. So we're going to find out. That's yeah, I'm smiling because we, we we know what that is. We know what that yeah, is. Yeah, so I think it, it, it's going to show that. And you, you hear all the energy now. When you see what Nomachenko did to Nakatani, or you see what Tank did to Barrios, and no disrespect to Barrios and Nakatani, those guys are both excellent fighters. Like I said, I have respect for all fighters. They go in the ring, they put the work in, they put their lives on the line. I mean, they get punched in the face for a living, and they punch other people in the face for a living. Um and uh, I have a misrespect for them, but uh, they're not Errol Spence. So I think that, that's the difference in the fights, but it was great watching them. Uh, both of those guys do it differently. Last night, uh, people want, I want to see why they call boxing the sweet science. You know, watching those two fights really helps people understand skills pay the bills and that boxing is a sweet science. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So the main event for the ESPN plus fight, what do you give Lomachenko versus Nakatani? I give Lomachenko at A plus plus. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, okay. Because you called it, you said it, you said he was going to go in there and it, if he, if he got his engine going right away, then he would blow up, he would yeah. blow him out and it would be a late stoppage. Yeah. Yeah. Lomachenko's already an A plus fighter. Uh, what, make, what makes it A++ and what has to make him A++ is he has to compute and process. And when you have the physical disadvantages, you're going to have to take 
risk. Now you take calculated risk, but you're gonna take more risk because um, there's certain things and physical attributes that you know they're, they're just you just don't have them there against you. So you have to use other skills and other things to negate that that physical advantage. You know the, the distance and to watch the way Lomachenko did it, which is mostly with his footwork, which I think is going to be similar to what we see Manny Pacquiao try to do against Errol Spence, is with the footwork to try to get those angles and stuff like that. Um, and then you'll see the difference with Errol, that won't work because I'm wanting Southpaw number two. He has educated feet number three. Um, his jab was more consistent. Nakatani was orthodox, slow, awkward, um, and off balance all the time. Just so, a robot. Um, yeah, just a robot. So... And a robot couldn't land, you know, could, couldn't couldn't land anything big to, to keep the other uh, uh, the matrix Loma from you know switching up angles and bending and turning and he was just turning them nonstop. So you know, I, I give him an A plus plus because unlike the the low, Tiafimo Lopez fight, and I told you this, if there's a rematch, I got Loma in that fight. Um, in the rematch, I think in the rematch, I've got Loma. I, I just um, it is a combination of things. It's not that I think Teo can't beat him. I think there's there's it there's two advantages going for Loma is number one he's motivated uh number and he's you know we don't I'm not gonna question somebody the injury he's healthy he's clearly healthy after his performance last night and then the third thing I'll add on is that you know uh the advantage he has is that Teo is obviously struggling to make that weight and so now again he's got to fight Cambosos who knows how he's going to come out that fight then he's got to make the fight again make the weight again for the fight and so I think that you know, that gives more advantage to Lomachenko, who obviously the weight is easy for him to make. And uh, so, I, you know, I got Lomachenko in that fight, and I think he, he understands he has to take calculated risk and start earlier. He definitely started earlier against Nakatani. Are you aware of if that was a sellout crowd uh, for uh, Lomachenko? Do you know? If I, I'm not sure. They didn't say it was a sellout crowd, so I would assume it wasn't a sellout crowd. Because yeah. Normally when there is, the first thing they say is, oh, we have a sellout crowd. Absolutely. So, That's why I was wondering, because I didn't hear anything about it, but I've seen Lennon Ellerby tweet out uh, 16,500 sold for the Tank Davis fight. So it was yeah. a sellout. So Yeah, well, Tank Davis is a bigger star than Lomachenko. Uh, again, that's, it's, it's, you know, let's go back to this Terrence Crawford thing. It's not, you know, disrespecting anybody's skill or boxing ability or even, even their resume. But, you know, star power is about, you know, consumer interest or, you know, public interest and tank just has a much larger public interest and following than Lomachenko does. So, you know, that's why he gets paid more. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why the fight was $80 on pay-per-view. Um, the other exactly. thing I wanted to bring up was I was watching a special part. I didn't watch all of it because uh-huh. the part that kind of got my attention was when they said the night of the fight against uh, when it was Teofimo versus Loma, they said on the telecast or the video special that they put up that there was a glitch in the matrix, which is fine. He was injured or say, or he said he was injured. I didn't see any surgery scars or anything like that on the shoulder or whatever, yeah. or whatever it may have been. The part that bothered me about that is when you say something like that, there's a glitch in the matrix, which there may have been. He may have actually been injured. I don't know. I ain't there. I ain't in this corner. But to me, that part of that is just taken away from the performance of Teofimo. And to me, that's dishonest as well. Again, and here we go again. And I want to show you why race does matter to Jamel Charlo. So Deontay Wilder gets beat by Tyson Fury. And you know, we clearly see gloves are moving and stuff like that. Whatever the water, Breland, 
oh, excuses. He got to start making excuses. Loma gets beat by Teofimo Lopez. I would say the glitch in the matrix was, you know, Teofimo's uppercuts and left hooks. I would say it was what the glitch was. Loma was very fearful of, of stepping into the, in, into, into the, into that danger zone. Like he, he, like he did against Nakatani. He had yeah. no fear. Yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't turn Lopez. Lopez was on a swivel. He was always there to meet uh, uh, Loma. So Loma couldn't get the angles immediately. He eventually got the angles. He had to faint. He, he had to even faint to even get the angles that he wanted to, 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 to pivot. And he finally figured that out. But by that time, it was like the seventh, eighth round. It was too late. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, uh, yeah. Teofimo's right hand was very good too, uh, to the yeah, body. His, his right hand to the body, his body work, those short, crisp uppercuts. And he was consistent. Whether he was wearing them or not, they were coming. And so the thing, the thing with Loma, Loma normally frustrates guys and they start missing punches and they abandon their game plan. I give Teofimo credit because whether he hit or missed, he did not abandon the game plan and it kept Loma honest. Yeah, he, he and he kept his poise the whole time. He was disciplined. Yeah. It wasn't like he went in there to hunt him down and throw a bunch of wild mm-hmm. shots. He stayed, yeah. he stayed poised and he stayed within the game plan. He didn't get overexcited. Um, yeah. I, and at one point, you could tell that Tio, Tio in that fight around the ninth round, he was kind of like, I don't know if you saw it, but he was uh nodding and gesturing to, to Loma, like, look. You got to do more. I don't. So if you want, if you want yeah. it, you got to come in here and get it. He was yeah. giving them gestures like you got to come in here and get it. Yeah, because I mean, round one through eight, Teal controlled the space. He controlled the distance. And Loma, he looked at Loma like, well, you, you got to step in a danger zone. I'm at the point now where I can take my foot off the gas. I can save some for the later rounds, the championship rounds. And now you have to come get me. Now, Loma eventually did come and get him and figure it out, but he didn't do enough to, uh, to win the fight. He started late. And uh, Loma, was, I mean, Taylor was just very consistent with shooting those short shots that, you know, he was missing a lot of them by a hair. And if he would have connected, it would have done a lot of damage to, to Lomachenko. So yeah. Um, yeah. we'll see what the next fight is. I think uh, I, I still have Loma just because I think Teo, um is struggling with weight and some other things. And I think Loma starts early. And uh, I, I just think he um, he catches Teo focusing on getting frustrated and loading up too much, trying to end the night as opposed to trying to make it a war of attrition, uh, which I think T.O. Will, will, is probably going to have issues with making the weight, which make him fade in the later rounds. So Yeah, when, when I was watching some of his training clips, he looked bigger than 130, way bigger than 130. Yeah, he's put on a lot of uh, – he's just a naturally bigger, thicker guy too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it also looks like he's – I don't know if it's the weights or if it's just natural, but he's definitely more muscle-bound now than he was uh, last year. Uh, to me, substantially, I just noticed it. And, uh, you know, more muscle, you take in more oxygen. And so uh, I just think, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's going to struggle with Lomachenko, just like I think he was struggling against Devin Haney, just like I think he was struggling against Tank, uh, but for different reasons with Tank. But definitely the Lomachenko and Haney type guys who are boxers, pure boxers, who have great, you know, defense in the movement. And I would say Haney's defense is even better than Loma's defense. Um, I think they, they would give him trouble because there's a lot of hit and miss in there and there's nothing like tiring you out, with, you know, carrying that muscles and you swinging and you missing. Yeah. And, and that takes then, a lot out of you. And then picking up your feet and have to reset and have to pick up yeah. your feet again and having yeah. to reset and then and, you're and throwing Loma, and you missing. Yeah. And missing and Loma, shots. Loma and Haney, even though they do it differently, they have excellent feet. Uh, and so that, I think that poses a problem. I think the footwork, the movement, 
the swing and miss game is going to, and then the fact that Tails struggling to make the weight is going to be the difference in their rematch. Yeah. So, so have they? I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if you know, but have they said anything about when the reach, rematch will happen? No. So what happened was, after but not rematch. Not rematch, but uh, the <laughs> Cambosis uh, Lopez fight. They they haven't even said it. Uh, apparently, there are more delays. Um, you know, we'll have to wait until we hear about when that fight's going to be. That fight's going to be pushed back. Um, you know, what I can say is Loma's focus. He was like, you know, after he won, he was focused strictly on Tiafimo. He wants his get back. And he's like, oh, no, I'll wait. You know, and, you know, Tiafimo's dad was there. And Bob Aaron was being interviewed and they brought Tiafimo Sr. on. And, you know, he watched the fight. I'm pretty sure he was impressed. He saw some things. The reason why he was at the fight. And, you know, we all, we, you and I, we discussed this. We knew he wasn't fighting Haney. We heard all the excuses Bob Aaron was making. And we know the biggest fight they can make is going to be in-house between the rematch and him and Loma. And so we knew, we, we see the writing on the wall. We see that we can read the tea leaves. So it wasn't, it wasn't um, by accident that Teofimo Sr. was there. And if he happens to step into the interview with Bob Aram talking about the potential rematch. And to which Teofimo Sr. said, we're down for the rematch. We're down to give you a rematch. Now, obviously, Junior ultimately makes the final decision on that. My guess is, after him watching that fight, he won't do it. Now, what Bob is saying is, I'll make sure you get the money you want, but you got to fight Loma. Listen to what Bob says. Bob is like, oh, you want the bag? Well, you can get a bag for this fight. I wouldn't oh, yeah. give you the bag. I wouldn't give you the bag for Cambosas. I'm not going to give you the bag for Haney for different reasons, because <clears throat> you may lose and Haney's not signed with me. But yeah. I will give you the bag for Loma, because if you do lose that fight, which Bob probably thinks T.O. does lose. The, everything stays in the house. It's a win-win for Aaron. So either way, he wins. So he's willing to spend the money when he knows he's going to get a guaranteed win. That's just how boxing is right now. It's unfortunate. It would be a great fight. Um, my guesstimation is he's going to struggle with Cambosis. He's going to make a bunch of excuses. And he's going to, after Cambosis fight, he's going to make his announcement that he's leaving 135 pounds. And he's going to not fight Loma, and he's going to move it to 140. And he'll, he'll fight some 140-pounder. I'll, I'll go along with that, but if that bag is nice, which and I think they'll do it in New York too, they'll have the fight in New York, probably Madison Square Garden. Then well, you know, it, that's the only way it'll be. You don't think now so? You're, you, no, you heard what Bob said. Bob said it should be an international fight. Bob said there's a lot of interest. You know, here he goes again, and here's why I think the fight won't happen. And I think Bob knows. I think Bob knows. I think Teal and Bob have had a real conversation. It was just all again. It's marketing. You got to read through the smoke of Top Tank. You know, you got senior on there who can't really speak for Junior. Junior makes his own decisions on who he's going to fight or not. But I think Bob knows Tail's not going to fight him. Bob knows this already. But Bob needs to sell the media and the public to think it's going to happen, to generate interest, to focus more. Tail's going to fight Cambosis. He may eke out a narrow victory because I think he's struggling to make weight. I think it's going to be a tougher fight than what he thinks it's going to be. And I think he's going to admit, hey, I struggle with the weight. I got to listen to my body. And I'm moving up to 140. And, you know, we know he's, we already know who he's going to fight at 140. He's going to fight Jose Ramirez. Let's just have a real conversation. That's who he's going to fight. At 140? So, at 140. Jose Ramirez lost to Josh Taylor at 140. You'd think he'd go up to 147. But Terrence Crawford ain't going to fight Jose Ramirez coming off a loss to Josh Taylor at 147. Now, it's not that I think that, that that's beneath Terrence Crawford because his team obviously makes horrible matchmaking decisions when it comes to competition. I just think um, I think they're going to go a different route. And I think even Jose Ramirez coming off that loss won't be as 
I don't think he wants to take that type of ill to Josh Taylor and then know he's going to be going there to food to Terrence Crawford. I think he's willing to fight somebody newer to the division, like a tail that's got a name that can give him some shine where there's, 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 there's some, you know, there's some glory in his form. He can get his, get himself back on track. Um, you know, he could even fight as a painter potentially. I don't think Jose Ramirez takes on Crawford. And I think if you're Teal, you can't just fight anybody at 140. You got to fight a name. So what better than to fight a former unified champion who lost to the guy that you really want to fight. So in order to make it look good, like Loma fought Nakatani, like, look, I beat Nakatani better, worse than Lopez did. So now Teo's going to say, I beat Jose Ramirez worse than Josh Taylor did. Josh Taylor gave me that fight. Yeah. I, that's how I see see things going. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that Jose would just move up and mm-hmm. then just fight somebody just to keep, you know, just to keep himself on track before trying to get back into the uh, But he's going to vanish race. into oblivion because Top Tank doesn't have a lot of 147 pounds. That's the problem. Who is he going to fight? He, we know he ain't fighting Burge. So he has to fight. And Burge is not even with Top Tank, but he'll fight with Top Tank. But <laughs> there's nobody with a name. He, he's at the point now where you're a former unified champion. You can't go fight a journeyman after losing to Josh Taylor. Then, then now you're irrelevant. Now, you, you got you to gotta fight a name. It doesn't mean they got to be great at 140, which is why I think the tail matchup is a great matchup for, for Jose Ramirez because both of them have names. Tail will be the former unified, undisputed, what I'm going to call it, champion moving up. They're, you know, two Latinos, right? Both, you know, both with top tank. And I just think that's how Bob thinks. Seeing how Bob moves, that's what's going to happen. Who would you have in the winner of a, a Ramirez Lopez fight? I need to see Teofimo's next fight against Cambosis, not for the weight issues, but I need to see the development in his boxing game. Um, I need to see him be more of a boxer puncher than a puncher boxer. Uh, because if you can't box, you won't be able to keep Jose Ramirez off of you. Jose Ramirez is a bigger guy. Um, he's a body snatcher. He's got a come forward type of guy, front foot type of guy. Teo has to show more boxing skill to be able to defeat a guy like Jose Ramirez, like Josh Taylor, give him something different to look at, put him back on the back foot instead of the front foot. Because what we notice about Jose Ramirez, he can't fight going backwards. He can't fight on the back foot. So Teo had to see that. And he's got a, I need to see more. I need to see him elevate his, his boxing acumen before I can say he can beat Jose. So right now, I would still favor Jose even coming off that loss of Josh Taylor. But that could change after watching the Cambosis fight. I don't know, man. I'm 50-50 with that. I think Lopez could actually get that. I mean, look, is it possible? Yeah, but I would favor Ramirez. I would favor the guy who's been at 140 longer, who I think is the bigger, stronger guy, who's, yeah. who, who, who can take a punch to. He's not had to deal with that slick southpaw like stuff. You know, he never got whipped like that until you really saw him fight Taylor. Taylor's a real slick, and he's he a is. Slick, and, he's a, and he's a big southpaw. He's he's the same size as Jose Ramirez. And I so hear that. Different. I hear that. But the thing about Teo is, this is a fight where he won't have to move too much. Like he can go forward. Like they'll clash. Well, that's they'll the thing. Clash. They'll clash. They'll clash. But here's my problem: Jose Ramirez is the bigger and I think stronger guy. Now, I know Tail moving up will have to cut that weight. It'll make him maybe potentially stronger. But I'm going to favor the guy that's been there longer that's shown me that he's got the not just the strength, but also the will. Yeah. And so I'm going to pick him over Tail right now. Tail's still green. He's young. He hasn't fought enough top comp. Jose Ramirez has the experience advantage. I say it's a 60-40 fight Jose Ramirez. I stand by that until I see 
something more from Teo in the Cambosis fight, which is purely it's about not, But it won't. We I don't think we're gonna get it out of the Cambosis fight. I think we will. Cambosis is a boxer who moves, but I think the reason why we're gonna see Teo on the back foot a little bit, I think Cambosis will push him back. I think Teo will try to bully him, do bully, you know, try to play a bully in the beginning of the fight. I think Cambosis will weather the storm. He can, he, I mean, any guy that sparred 250 plus rounds with Manny Pacquiao know what it's like to be on the back foot and survive. I think he'll do it. And let, I'll say Manny Pacquiao is very good at making people more uncomfortable than Tiafimo Lopez. We can say that much. So I, I'm going to say Cambosis survives it and gets to the later rounds. Then I think Teo gets tired. Then I think Cambosis comes forward. And we get to see what Teo looks like on the back foot. That's how I predict that fight's going to go. I don't know, man. I don't know about that fight. I, I I would like to see a really good fight between Cambosos and Lopez. Uh, but I just think I don't know. This is not gonna lay down, bro. Cambosos no, I'm not, not saying I'm not I'm in no way, shape, or yeah. form am I saying that Cambosos is going to lay down. I just think that at some point the the sharp punching of Teo may catch up with him and he may get caught in the mix of one of those punches, trying to come forward or, or throw a jab or something in. He may, he may not know where he is, or he may be out of position, I should say. He may be out of position, yeah. and it's going to be very sharp, and it's going to be a hard punch. I'm pretty sure it will be. Cambos is a pretty well-balanced fighter. I've seen some of his fights. I watched a few more. He's not a guy who's out of position a lot. Mm-mm. He's not a guy that overcommits. Um, he's a guy that fights within himself. So I think if Tails looking for Cambosis to help him out, he's not going to get the help he's looking for. He's going to have to generate and create that opportunity in that opening. And um, I think Cambosis is going to try to wear him out. He's going to mix it up a bit. And I think we're going to have to see Teo actually box, not just brawl, we're going to see him box. And I think Cambosis will make him box. Um, I think Jose Ramirez will make him box even more. Um, I think he'll hit Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez will, I've been hit way harder than this, bro. And I think he keeps coming and he throws those body shots in there. I think Tails' body suspect personally, um, and I just think uh, we have to see Tail box, man. We got to see him on the back foot. We got to see him set stuff up better. We got to see him pick his shots better. He throws a lot of hard shots. I, I, he needs to be able to pick his shots more. Um, they're just things that I think is going to happen in that Combosis fight, where if he wants to survive that war of attrition, and it will be a war of attrition, I think he's going to have to pick his shots more and be smart about how he goes about his business and box. And, and he's going to have to set Cambosis up to deliver the heavier shots and not just throw heavy shots all the time because he'll wear out. Yeah, Cambosis beat Mickey Bay, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. Cambosis is better than people think. He's not a huge puncher, but he's very consistent. He's like, you know, that water dropping. This volume. volume. His volume is, is the kind of water. He can, take, he can take a punch. And he's very, very crafty. He's extremely good at the Mickey Bay fight. He's very crafty. Um, and he can fight going forward and he can fight going backwards. And um, I'm not saying at a super high level, but at least I've seen him do it and execute it. And so uh, we had the same tail fight going backwards. One of the reasons why I think he struggled on the back half of that fight against Lomachenko, he stood in the pocket and was just turning, but Loma was finding those angles, boom, 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 coming in, boom, 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 boom. And I think if Tail would have t- taken that half a step back, set him up for a counter left hook where Loma jumps in, he walks into it, much how we say Errol Spencer is going to do the Manny Pacquiao, that is the next level I want to see Teofimo 
come into because he did not do that in the second half of that long checker fight, which is yeah. why he got beat up. But that's not a guy that knows how to fight on his back foot either. No, no, Lomachenko cannot fight on his back foot, which is why he struggled the first half because he couldn't just jump in there the way he wants to because he's fearful of fear of those punches. No, I'm so, saying Teo uh, doesn't fight on his back foot. Like, he don't fight no, on Teo, his back No, Teo does not fight on his back foot. That's, that's, I think that's his major weakness. And I think uh, that's why I, I have Lomachenko beating him now. And if he works on that and he can do it in the Cambosis fight, I can see at least a little bit of it. I'll be a little bit more of a believer. Um, but, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. On to the main event. The man himself, Mr. Javante Tank Davis versus Mario El Azteca Barrios. What did you get Tank on that one? A plus plus. You gave him A plus plus. I gave yeah, him my just, A. I gave him A plus. I'm gonna say why I gave him A plus plus. Could he have made that fight a lot easier, a lot shorter? Yes. But what I really enjoyed what I always enjoy about tank fights is that you see he already hasn't figured out what he needs to do I, I love his patience at saying okay I know if I take away this guy's jab if I put my jab up and just keep tapping his front jab I'm gonna get in his head and take it away now granted Barrios let him take it away again not to keep going back to the same fight but Pacquiao's gonna try to do the same thing Errol Spence but it won't work the jab is still gonna keep coming and Barrios gave up on the jab. Once Barrios gave up on the jab, Tank was able to close the distance. Um, the reason why I give him an A++ is because once Tank computed it and closed the distance, he landed some hellacious, accurate shots on Barrios. Um, and the way he went about his business, I mean, I'm just talking about like the sweet science, the, the, the boxing intellect that Tank has. The way he fainted, dropped that lead right hand, got Barrios to drop his, lead left hand and then he went over with that right hook to knock him down the first time uh, that that made barrio so overly concerned about that lead hand that then tank was just hitting him at will with that straight left and with those body shots and he couldn't he, he couldn't after that he couldn't get out the way of the left hand and um just his ferocity his ability to to take punishment too because he took some I got to get a man an A++, man. And, you know, you and I have a discussion about the Floyd thing. Um, I like when, you know, no matter what you think about it, when a boxer is told something, when they're daring to be great and they, they put it on the line and somebody said, I want to see you be great. I want to see you push it. How many times do we hear guys in corners say, I need you to do more. I need you to push. I need you to go get them. And guys don't. I'm the coach, though. I'm the coach. Yeah. A guy doing that from outside interference, mm -hmm. if it's ever a choppy situation, you're going to fuck it up. You, you, it just it's gonna, it, it, it will happen. And it's yeah. happened before between them. When Tank and him were, uh, when, and Coach Calvin Ford, they were talking, and Floyd jumped in, and they were looking at each other like, yo, what's going on here? That you don't want that to happen. And I'm sure Calvin is going to have to have a talk with him, or maybe Calvin mm -hmm. is more of a, of a, a more conserved person where he'll he'll just say, oh, well, you know, that's Floyd or I, I, those yeah, are things I, that I can accept and I can take on, but you can't have that happening. That has to be between the, the student and the pupil and you got to let them have that uh, relationship in the ring. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, I, I agree with you in any other scenario. I think this is the one unique scenario where it doesn't matter, I'm going to tell you why. They know who Floyd is. They know who Floyd is and they know 
they don't want to they don't want the smoke with Floyd either and you know cut them off they, they, it's business it's still business and so I think what Tank and, and, and Coach Ford what they've come to an agreement is look Floyd gonna say what he gonna say we're not gonna shush him we're not gonna get into no drama in the corner because that's an even bigger distraction and I'm not even gonna come to that man afterwards and have it get in the press or have Floyd feel some type of way and leak it or something like that you and I have an understanding of Floyd gonna say what he gonna say but you know, you and I already have an understanding. It's going, it's going, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. It's slowly, it's slowly getting there now because people are already looking at the uh, post fight and they're going, why are they always interviewing Floyd and not Calvin Floyd, uh, Calvin Ford? We we know why it's again, it's the devil you dance with, right? So part of Tank, while Tank is an amazing fighter, let's be honest one of the major reasons why he's such a superstar in the sport is because of the relationship and the proximity to one Floyd Mayweather Jr. That's just a fact. But how did he get there? He got there by putting in the work and being an outstanding boxer, but at the end of the day, on the business side, the business, there are a lot of phenomenal fighters. Look, look Terrence Crawford is a phenomenal fighter, but I think you and I can agree that Bomat ain't doing anything to get him to where Tank is. So that's the difference. And not only is Floyd just a promoter, but he's an all-time great. He's got his own promotional company, PBC, and the media is always going to follow Floyd. And so what I think what Tank is, he's smart. Tank is like, okay, I'm young in the game. I'm going to know my place. Then at, some, at a certain point, when I keep taking these risks and doing this, people are going to be like, you know what? You, you already see it happen. It's already starting to happen. Oh, Tank. You, you did with Floyd. You did this before Floyd. You did all this and that. You did this and that. And I think then Tank will then get past that eclipse. I think for right now, he's being very well compensated. He's getting all the attention. He doesn't like the limelight. Everybody wants to follow him. He's, he's going to be the A-side in any fight. So I think he likes those advantages over – he weighs the pros and cons, and he sees that the pros are greater than the cons, and he's rolling with it. And I think he already got it worked out with Coach Ford and his team that Floyd gonna say something. And I think Tank, what I give Tank, the reason why I give A plus plus is Tank is the type of guy who a lot of people talk to him, he listens, but he uses what he can use and he throws the rest of that shit out. And I think what he saw with Floyd is, whether I'm up on the cards or not, whether you interrupted me in my coach or not, you are fucking right though. If I come and get this guy, the glory is gonna be greater. As opposed to if I'm thinking, oh, I'm up on the cards, I can just outbox him, I can land a couple big shots and walk away with a, with a decision victory. They were almost about to argue in that moment when Floyd said that to him. He was I, like, I yo, you're that. down on the un, was he, uh, the uh, unofficial, unofficial scorecard. On your un- and he looked at him like, man, I'm over, right. what? Right, right, I, I, I hear that, but Floyd- you don't want that. But again, Floyd was 100. On the unofficials, he was down, now the judges, had it differently. I disagree with those scorecards vehemently. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Floyd didn't say anything that was not true. Here's the thing um, about the scorecards, though. Again, this is the same reason why Canelo uh, wins certain fights or majority of the fights. Because he's, he has the prestige. He's a guy. He's a glorious guy. He already has think, everything. But here's the thing with Tank. I think Tank don't want to win off just because I'm Tank. I'm going to get the decision. I think Tank is a fucking killer. Well, we know that. I think it was a lot closer than that. I think it was maybe two two or three rounds. You could swing them either way. Um, I don't think it was that wide of a margin, but uh, my grade on that was an A 
I want to give him a B plus just because I think Tank should throw punches in volume a little bit more uh, and going for those sweeping, hard, solid, single, single shots. That's fine. You're going to get your guy out of there. But it puts you in a situation where you have to do that and that you have to rely on that. But when you can just bust a guy up with two or three of them, it, it, it'll keep you more in a comfortable position and he'll be more susceptible to damage later on in the rounds like that. It's gonna come a time where that may not work, but I give him awesome. an A. He got the guy. He got the guy out of there. I give him. I, a. I think Tank is Tank and Earl are very similar fighters. They only gonna show you what they got to. Tank is only showing you what you what what you can take. No one's yeah. made him box. No one's and made that, him right, use his right. skill set. Earl Earl uses his skill set. It's yeah. just that other guys can't force him to do it. Yeah. And Earl goes right. basic when yeah when you can't well, do nothing. Consistent. I think with Tank. Um, he's dynamic. I think Tank is only going to show what is necessary. I mean, this like offensively, his output. I think if Tank had to throw a bunch of combinations, a bunch of punches, he could do it. But I think Tank calculated that. <laughs> you heard what he said. If I'd have realized he was that soft, I would have did this earlier. He said that. So I think what he realized is all I, if I land one or two shots well placed, I can hurt this guy. And, and put him on the canvas. And that's exactly what happened. He was right. He was able to land one or two well-played shots. He did listen to his corner. He got eager, was headhunting. Coach Ford said, look, two to the body, one to the head. You, you're you out there headhunting. You're getting off the game plan. Settle down. What do you do? Came in there, got inside that jab. Barrios couldn't do anything else to, to, uh, to keep tanks close distance. That big torso is exposed, and Tank with that boom, uppercut right. Oh, Barrios bends over, takes the knee. Yeah, but that was when it was in close, though. Well, that's that it. Tank was getting in close. He was closing the distance. I like the fact that Barrios threw the uppercut with him. Yeah. And Tank Tank just turned turned his head out to the inside and and and, and let his rip because Barrios connected, but it wasn't it wasn't hard. And I like the way Tank, he just didn't throw it, but he swept it in when he threw his hook. So he cut across all that man body. I know he moved shit all around when he threw that uppercut. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. And uh, you see the torque. You can see how he positioned himself. He, he is definitely a, a top five pound-for-pound boxer. From just it's, 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 it's not that he has heavy hands. It's his delivery system, and it's his, it's his IQ that I'm really impressed with. And people, I know Barrios is not, you know, super A-level fighter, but, you know, those were huge physical disadvantages to overcome, and Barrios was solid enough to make it challenging. I like Barrios. I think he's a very good – I think he's a good fighter. I I like him. I think he's a good fighter, and I think he'll be a champion again at 140 at some point. I think there's some things, obviously, he's got to work on. He's got to work on, you know, what do I do when somebody – takes away my jab. Don't let him take away your jab. Yeah, yeah you got to stay that? consistent. But, man, he was doing so well. Like, he was sticking to the game plan. He was jabbing, and he was getting his hands back and putting them up to the yeah. distance of where him and Tank was, like that middle distance, and he was jabbing. Boop, boop, pop. And then he let the, yeah. the jab just got taken well, away. Well, but he was still throwing – he was still giving shots out to the body. He wasn't, he wasn't running. No, he wasn't running. He was there for the smoke. The biggest mistake he made is when Tank used that, you know – entry-level strategy of tapping that front jab hand with his lead hand, trying to take the jab away, Barrios never moved the jab. And I know why Barrios didn't move the jab. He was afraid if he did it, he would get counted over the jab. 
What Barrios was also afraid of is when he was tapping the jab, he shouldn't let that right hand go. I know he's afraid that Tank could counter it, but here's the thing, though. You got the longer arms. You're managing distance. You got to let that cannon go. That guy's tapping. You fight your southpaw. That guy's tapping your lead hand. That right hand can be just as effective as a jab because it's lined up against the southpaw. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the worst punch for a southpaw is a straight right hand. And Barrios didn't let his hands go when Tank clearly wasn't in, 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 in striking distance. He was trying to figure out how to get past, come inside that jab. Barrios did not have good, a good, do a good job of managing the distance and understanding, oh, he's in my striking range. Let me let my right hand go. And to me, that's where he lost the fight. That's where he lost that tactically. That's where he got broken down. He got outmaneuvered, outclassed. Um, because once Tank started tapping that hand, he gave up on the jab. He could have even moved the jab. You know what Tank is doing? He could have went around it. He could have looked around. It. He could have hooked off that. He could have so done a lot. Things. He could have hit, hit, hit him in the shoulder. He could have hit him in the chest. He could have done a lot. And he didn't do that. And so, but those are things that he can get back in the gym with Burge, and he can fix those things. So I think he's a, a good fighter. I think that's going to make him a much better fighter. Um, hopefully, he didn't take too much punishment where it, it took too much out of him. He's a young guy. I don't think it and, did. Uh, I don't think it did. Yeah. I was worried about that knee, though. That right knee didn't look right. And when he got, when it, right before they stopped the fight, when Tank smashed him up top with that looping left hand. Oh, and he, he buckled he kind of up. Stepped back and he buckled. You know, I don't think he tore anything. I just hope he was okay. But uh, I just I, think I, I he, I, he was just worn out. That's why the ref was stepping in because he buckled. You know, and he like yeah. buckled and everything. Yeah, because that would have been nasty if he didn't let that keep going. You know, yeah. and I, I think the ref, the referee did an excellent job. I think all the referees did a good job on yeah. the uh, Showtime card, even the Lubin Rosario Ooh, fight. Let's talk there. about that, man. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. That fight was banana. That yeah. body work, right man. now. That Lubin, body needs some work. Charlo, you know, twin Charlo and Lubin is going to be a fight of the year in 2022. Fight of the year. Cause there ain't nobody else. Ain't nobody. He, oh, he, he uh, yeah. I think I think he might. I think I think uh, Mel might give uh, J Rock that fight. I think he might give J Rock is not getting that fight for Lubin. Lubin. No, no. I'm just saying. Just, I think I'm just saying options for him. I think. Yeah, that, he, I think he, those he are options. J Rock not even trying to fight Charlo. You heard what J Rock said. Uh, um, who was that? Was it Ellie? Ellie uh, back interviewed J Rock. Well, what's your plan? J-Rock is like, ah, I had some few setbacks. You know, because J-Rock is supposed to be on this card. Mm. And, and so J-Rock had a couple setbacks. He's like, man, you know, I'm getting myself back. I'm a fighter guy. Oh, you going to go up to the top? Nah, I need some 200 to tune up. I need to work on some things. So, no. Oh, and I, he dropped his trainer, right? So that might yeah. be one of the so biggest So it's not going to be J-Rock. It ain't going to be Banana, Rosario. It's not going to be – you can forget about the whole thing with – um with uh, what's his face? Uh, 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 um with her, you can forget that. It's not going to be Arias. Um, so it's going to be Lubin. After that After that unification fight, it's, go, it's going to be Lubin. After you think he's going to go straight to it? Because I was thinking, man, he'll probably do another. Uh, I think Mel will go right to it because I think Mel's a type of guy that wants all the smoke. And I think he's going to relish the, the – um, the psychological advantage. Lubin is, 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 and I got, I got Mel winning that fight 
not because I think Lubin can't be male, but because I think male is in his head. I think Lubin is so focused, and I think he's dedicated himself. He's done a lot of great things, but he made some big mistakes in that Rosario fight. He got he, he was doing very well. He got rocked, and he put himself in position to get rocked. And if that's male, the fight is male's going to finish you. Rosario couldn't do it. He didn't have a skill set. He, he, he just couldn't push through and make it happen. Uh, Luton without boxing him, but then he just got in that danger zone and got, got rocked. And um, he's lucky that he didn't get finished. He put himself in harm's way unnecessarily. So he went back to his corner and they went off on him. You know, and I just think you can't make those type of mental errors with, with Jamel. It, it happens, but let me tell you something. Yeah, and shit happened that first fight, and look what happened in round one. And see, I just think with Mayo, you can't take, especially with how he's elevated his game, you can't take those type of chances. The knockout in the first fight between Lubin and Mayo, you know they they were watching tape of him right before the fight, and oh, yeah. that, was, that was the adjustment they made. Yeah. They said, yeah. hey. They see, they see the tendencies. Yeah, no, they they, they saw it right before the fight. Uh, Derrick mm-hmm. James said, he said, oh, we was watching tape in the uh, locker room. And I told him yeah. instead of throwing it over the top, throw it under because he's gonna duck under it. Because they was yeah. watching it and he's like, Oh, he ducks yeah. under into yeah. it. So and so now exposure, I, I, man. Like it, at some point it's just gonna happen. Like you're gonna leave yourself yeah. open to something. And and Lubin has fixed that where he doesn't duck as much, but then that's when he got popped over the top by Rosario. And I think Mel can shoot shots under and over. He's gonna figure out how to get to him. And I just think he's in his head. I just think he owns that space. And Lubin's here because we can already see how the press conference is going to go. Lubin's going to try to play it cool. That was then. This is now. I got to get my get back. And I just think that Lubin is going to is going to get into the mind. He's going to get into the mind games with Jamel. And I think Jamel's like, you know, what rounds? You know how many? How, what rounds should I do? And no, I did it the first round. So I mean that. I mean, what you guys? What, what you want me to do now? And I just think that back and forth is going to get Lubin the type of guy who gets really emotional and gets charged. And I can tell the type of guy that gets in his feelings. And I think his feelings are going to get him in trouble. I think he should take another fight before the year is over, Lubin. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think Lubin should be trying to fight, trying to entice J-Rock. I think that's what he should be trying to do. That would be a good fight for him. Him or her. He, he needs to get one yeah. of those guys. I think what he should do is I think he should let J-Rock get his tune up hopefully soon in the next couple months. Then he should let him and J-Rock should get it on and he should let the fight male at the end of next year. I think Q3 or Q4. I think that's what he should try to do. I think if he hops in there with male now, I, I, I think male stops him somewhere around the eighth or ninth round. It, but it wouldn't, you, do you think it would happen? It wouldn't happen this year. I think it would have to happen next year. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The next fight would be early part of next year, but I think he should do a fight with somebody else instead and then fight Jermail on the back half of next year. Okay, because Mel would still need another fight during the course. Because Mel, yeah, because look, yeah. you, you say, look, Mel can then, Mel beats Castaño, he's, you know, undisputed champion. Maybe that, maybe that's what he got for belts. He could pick anyone in section of bodies and say that could be his mandatory, right? He could fight a mandatory fight. And get that out the way, and then he can fight. You know, then I think it makes sense to fight Lubin. And then, uh, depending can, on how yeah. how this fight goes for Mill, if yeah. he, if it's like spectacular knockout and he doesn't take a lot of yeah. damage, maybe maybe he takes another fight at the end of the year. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I just think the way it's going to work is he's going to beat Castano, 
Um, I think that fight is going to at least go nine, 10 rounds. Castaño can definitely take some punishment. He can take a punch. I think he's going to take a lot of punishment as well. I think Mel eventually breaks him down and gets him out of there and stops him. And then I think, um, you know, look, you know, he's going to have a mandatory. Um, and I think he's going to take that mandatory, get it out the way. And then I think he, he fights Lubin. I think Lubin's, Lubin's team knows, yeah, we like that fight, but, you know, man, we got to, we beat Banana, we beat J-Rock, then we beat the same guys that, that, that Jamil has fought. So you got to yeah, you got to yeah, go ahead. Now it's like there's no doubt. Now you're talking about an undisputed fight. It really is undisputed because can't nobody say, well, what about this guy? He didn't right. fight this guy. Right. So it would make sense to go ahead and get J-Rock out the way, you know, because there's nobody else. And I think at that point, he could, you know, if he, let's say if he did upset Mel, then he could say, I beat, the, you know, the I beat champion. the guy. Yeah, I beat, I the, beat guy. the guy. And the other guys who everybody considered to be at the top, I beat them too. I beat Banana Rosario. I beat J. Julian J. Rock Williams. So I am the lineal, undisputed champion. There's nobody else but me other than if Mel want a rematch, you know, and, that, which and, would and that's be how dope. it would go. Which would be dope. Which would be dope. Which I think it would happen. It would be a trilogy fight. They would have to have a trilogy. So, um, to me, that's the way that 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 play that saga plays out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't see any post fight. I didn't pay attention to any <clears> post fight, <throat> man. After the fights was over, I, I was trying to get to the zone card, but I noticed that I was falling asleep. Um, right mm -hmm. around the fight of uh, Pacheco, that's when I started nodding out, and I was like, all right, I'll just pay attention to it uh, on another day because yeah. I'm not gonna be able to focus on that. But had I not been chopping and cutting and doing all this other stuff for, for the other episodes that I got on the podcast, I, I would have I tuned in. But I can't I can't. That would be like a distraction. I wouldn't be able to tune in to that. But uh, overall, man, it was a great night of boxing, man. We, we oh, what, do you some, Lubin? what do you give Lubin? What grade do you give? I give Lubin an A. I give him an A. Um, I, give, I give him a B plus. I think. I have to give him a B plus because to be winning a fight like that and outboxing a guy and to be that defensively irresponsible against a guy you know who punches, against a guy who is mostly a right-handed power puncher, to get hit with the punch you should be taking away when you when you are controlling the fight, he's gotta clean that up. Jay, somebody's gonna make a mistake, man. Like it's look, gonna look, 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 listen. You he can, got the KO. That oh, that's he, why I'm giving him an A. He, 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 look, he got the KO, but it's against a guy who got knocked out by a jab to the stomach, okay? Like, it's against a guy who's been, you know, softened up already. No disrespect to Jason Rosario. So, to me, you're dominating, you're outboxing the guy. You cannot, it's, everything is timing. I get you going to get hit sometimes, but you can't get hit at that moment. Like, you, you can get hit earlier in the fight because you're trying to figure stuff out, but once you dominate a guy and you got a guy sized up and you're outboxing him, you know, the rule number one is you take away the best weapon of the other guy. You can never go to sleep that much at the wheel to where that guy beat you with something that you should be taking away because you're outboxing him. So that you is give a, him a B key. plus. I give him a B plus for making that one mistake because he got hurt and he could have lost that fight. Yeah, yeah, he got caught. He got caught. He got caught. I, I, I give him an A because of the difference of the makeup. I got caught. I slipped, but I finished the guy that, that – uh, but try to bust my chops. So that's why it's a B plus and not a B. Yeah, I give him, I give, I give him an A or A minus, man. But I think I, I like that fight. I think it was a very good fight. Oh, it was a great fight. Um, it was exciting, entertaining fight. It was a great card. If, if I'm being honest, this is my opinion. No disrespect to 
Jason Rosario. I had Lubin winning. Me too. I had Lubin winning. I said the fight would go 11, maybe 12 rounds, but mm-hmm. at some point Lubin would box, but Lubin would start standing still, which is what he did, and he would jab, and he would throw the hard left hand between the glove to the head, and then it started opening up shots of the body. It was just bound to happen at some point. And if a guy can knock you out with a jab to the body and have you convulsing on the ground, then everybody knows that there's a problem there. You know, there's to the a body. weakness. And, yeah. and that's why I had Lubin winning regardless of what happened. Even if he would have gotten knocked down by Rosario, I, I still would have him coming back and winning a fight just because Rosario's obvious weakness is the body. It's obvious yeah. he, he can't take it, hard shots to the body. And also going off of the attitude that uh, Erickson Lubin had, the way he was talking, and he had on the Marvin Hagler hat, he was saying, mm-hmm. you don't wear this hat unless you mean it. Like only one yeah. or two people ever wore this hat. And he said, I'm the I'm the I'm the second or third person to wear it. And I'm wearing it because I mean it. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready to I'm ready to do this. And I didn't mm-hmm. hear much coming from the Rosario camp. It was just like they were, you know, yeah. there to do a job. So uh I kind of yeah. like from that and the skill set of Lubin, I was like, Yeah, he he probably means what he says and he probably wants to go in there and get yeah. this guy up out of here, man. But yeah, it's gonna be entertaining when he tries to go to Marvin Hagler route and see what Mel's response is because Mel has that personality where he's gonna respond to that. You know, who, who is he going to summon? He was like, you can be Hagler all you want to. I'm still going to be Twin Charlo. I'm still and, be, know. I'm still be Lions only. And if you come forward, I'm going to fuck you up. Yep. I'm, I'm not what? going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. I'm, I'm going to do something that Hagler didn't do. I'm going to be undisputed. You know? <laughs> well, he was See, undisputed at one point, wasn't he? He had the WBA and the WBC back in those times, right? Back no? in those, back in those times. I think, I don't think he was undisputed. I think he was, he was maybe short one belt. Mm-mm, it was only two, uh, I think. It was WBA and WBC. I think he was undisputed. Okay. Well, Maybe you know, I, I could yeah. be wrong because... And, and, and you know what Mel can say? Mel can say that might have been undisputed then, but it's not now. You need all four. I got all four. Right, but still. You know, Mel, Mel he's going to have some comeback. So you already know that. It's still Marvin Hagler. Ain't no ain't no Marvin. Ain't going to be another Marvin Oh, Hagler. no, no. Ain't, ain't, ain't no Marvin ever. Hagler and, ever. And I just think that... Uh, but I think Mel, he, he upsets me in other areas, but... I just see him, he, 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 I see his level, man. I just, I see him, I see him waiting for that opponent to show his level to where he's already been disrespected with not being on a pound for pound list. I think Lubin is going to be his foil that's going to get him on the pound for pound list. That's what I think. I see. I would, I would love to see that be bad blood. I would love to see that be bad blood. Oh, it's bad blood already. Yeah. No, no but like, just like, blood. like actual, like, Yo, I see him out. Fuck you, nah. Fuck you. Fuck your wife. Like I want to see that. Like that Duran Leonard. Like I want to see that dynamic. Uh, it, you know it, what it, I mean? It's gonna happen because Mel is gonna. That's gonna be one of the you know tactics that Mel employs. Is you know I knocked you out in the first round. Like and I think Lubin is. At, at first, he's gonna try to like you know, hey, you trying to get in my head, whatever. That was being this now, and I think eventually it's gonna get to Lubin to where he's gonna be like f you, and then Mel gonna be like f you back, and then he's gonna get Jamal in there. They go to the Lions only roar and all. I I just see. I see that being a complete circus. We need that. Point. We need that. We need yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to happen. We need he, that. You know, he, he's going to sell the fight. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Mel going to want that to be a pay-per-view fight. Absolutely. So that's why I think, you know, Mel beats Castaño. That's not a pay-per-view fight. I think he takes a mandatory. That's not a pay-per-view fight. Lubin beats J-Rock. And then you say, hey, these are two, two, two top guys I went to before. We see what Mel is doing. 
And I think they make that a pay-per-view fight and put another really good fight on that card to strengthen it, to make it worth the pay-per-view. From what I understand, they, uh, there was a chance of being the Castaño fight being pay-per-view. And they said Mel mm-hmm. told, him, told him no. No, no, which is right, because he's not, he's not there yet. I think he needs, once he is the undisputed, then at that point, it's like, okay, we get it from a boxing perspective. We saw they got keys to the city. We saw that big in Houston. Build now it's about, now how do you build them up even more? <clears throat> and so I think, um, I, I see that uh, definitely happening. And I, I see him and Lubin being a, a pay-per-view in, in, in the back half of 2022. Yeah, well, they, they need to start uh, building up on uh, Lubin too then because- but they, they, they're, they're building them up with him stopping Rosario, with him, you know, with him uh, summoning Marvin Hagler, the whole story behind that. I just think that's going to build intrigue and I think that's going to get a lot of people in the boxing community into it. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk and I think they're going to sell it hard. I think that starts like literally now. And then I see, I can see the pay-per-view. Uh, I can see them both walking into a pay-per-view yeah, uh, um, next, next fall. Salute to Marvin Hagler. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Likewise. One of my top five favorite fighters. Yep. I never seen, I hard, I have hardly seen in the history of boxing, a guy with an engine like him. Um, regardless of the situation, hurt or not, he still came forward because the whole point was you may hurt me, but you can't stop me. Yeah, uh, yeah, destroy, destroy, and destruction. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Holyfield in him. And sometimes he would deliver his best performances when he would get rocked or hurt, and you think he's out of it. And the next thing you know, man, just yeah, because against Mugabe, they said he would, they said Mugabe would be too strong and uh. Yeah, powerful for him, and he went in there. And he put Mugabe out, and that yeah, was a hell Mugabe of a fight. Down. That was a hell of a fight. Yeah, top, to me, that's a that was a top ten fight of all time, in my opinion, that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, that was that's one. And if I name another one, it would be um, uh, Evander Holyfield against the White Muhammad Kawhi. That was crazy. Okay. Have yeah. you seen that fight? I've seen that fight. Yes, oh, I mean man. that's what I'm talking about Holyfield. It's, <laughs> Because you brought up Holyfield. I was like, oh, shit. And that's yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. Shit, that was a crazy yeah. fight. Yeah. Holyfield was in a few crazy fights. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. he could take it, and then he could take it, and then he would. A lot of things with Holyfield was so cool about him is, is that he would, before he would give it, he'd be taking it. Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes I think he, he would just, like, with George Foreman, he thought he caught George slipping with the Mongoose defense from Archie Moore. You know, mm-hmm. putting your, the cross block and putting your hands out to cross parry and cross jab, all that stuff. And he caught even he caught Foreman in a in a stretch where Foreman didn't see the punches coming because you're open when you when you do the cross block. And he wham wham wham. He slammed him in a big George and George came back with two like boop boop. And you just seen Holyfield like fuck. <laughs> this big motherfucker hit me with that shit. He said. I think that's when he said he went back to the corner. He asked her, oh, did he knock all my teeth out and everything? Yeah. And he's like, man, he's like, I never had hit, I never been hit that hard before. But um, yeah, Foreman, yeah, Foreman has some sledgehammers. Yeah. Salute to George Foreman too, because no for him to beat Michael Moore, he had to act like he was tired and old and he couldn't, he couldn't punch and hit hard no mm-hmm. more. So he lured Michael Moore in. If you watch, if anybody watching that fight, go watch the Michael he got, Moore. He, he, he got him fight. comfortable. He, he, he got uncomfortable. Same thing in a sense with the rope dope a little bit, a little bit different, um, yeah. less extreme. But what Ali did for him and lured him in, had him yeah. thinking he was worn down. Even though Ali obviously took a lot of punishment, a lot, um, a lot. But you know, yeah, 
Yeah, George George just lured him in enough to get him right where he needed him to be. And he actually threw that punch harder than uh Michael Moore knew it could come through there. And he fucked his ass up. That was an awesome fight, man. I, those were one of, that's one of the great fights I like watching that, that, as well. That should be the strategy that better be uh, deployed against Canelo. Interesting that you say that, but I think because Canelo is so cautious and understanding of what he's doing in there, I don't think I don't think that will work. Yeah, I think Canelo would. I think Canelo has been his head got big about his power. Oh, Canelo's power. And I think he hits him. I think a better BF, and again, better BF is not a guy who backs up, right? No. So that, that's I why Canelo, Canelo likes that. So right. So I think Canelo's like, if I back him up, if I'm if I'm better be, if I practice taking some shots. Oh man, who who backing up? Because then he, Canelo's gonna think, oh, that's a sign. I got this guy. Now Canelo's like gonna jump in like a wild, like wild, like Wilder does sometimes. Which I yeah, I think Deontay won't do that. I think Deontay learned in the past about jumping in with wild punches. Um, I just think that um, he's gonna. I think better be if he implies a strategy. He's gonna set the trap of luring Canelo in because I think he's gonna really struggle. Because if the fight goes the distance, Canelo wins. Because I think Canelo outboxes and outpoints him. And I think Better Beev is going to struggle to chase Canelo all night long. And Canelo can fight off the back foot. He can. Um, he fights better off the front foot to me, but he can fight off the back foot for sure. We saw that you think he fights better off the front? <laughs> I think he does fight, but I'm going to tell you why. Because he has to do less fighting off the front foot. He can be the aggressor. He can, he can walk a guy down. And I mean, if you look at if you say, well, what was more taxing, the fight against Billy Joe Saunders or the fight against, you know, uh, Triple G? Well, the fight against Triple G was more taxing. He had to do more fighting off the back foot. Triple G made him fight off the back foot sometimes. Billy Joe Saunders couldn't do that. In so, what fight? You know, in the first fight with Golovkin? In the first fight with Golovkin, Golovkin back up. Then, I disagree because yeah. I think that Canelo was going back because he wanted to go back, not because of anything that Triple G was doing. It was just because he wanted to go back and be the boxer. He came out and started and, and tried to box him immediately. I don't think, I think that was anything thing, uh, Golovkin I, but did. I, but I think, I think he did feel the power. I think he did get hit with some big shots. And I think he was like, okay, can I not go forward? Yeah, but I think if I go backwards, I can take a little bit less punishment and give some out and set some traps, which is eventually what he did. I don't think he says, um, this is what I, um, I don't think he says, uh, well, I could go forward and do what I wanted to going forward and take no risk. I think he, I think he realized there was some risk and he was like, I take fewer risks fighting off the back foot, walking this guy in the punches. I think he, he realized that um, he may do that against better be but I mean, that's, that's the obvious trap he's going to set for better be because better be able to come forward only fighter. That's I a think, fight he will. I, I think that's a fight he would like, man, just to be on his back foot yeah, and be able to do it. fight he would like. The problem is, is, you know, Canelo's not used to people, you know, since he's fought Floyd, he's not used to people countering his strategy, right? Canelo outsmarts a lot of guys. What a better be of says, okay, I'll play your game. I'll come forward. You'll throw your little counter shots. You'll pick your shots. You'll sneak a little soft one here and you'll come hard up top and go down to the body. You know, I'm going to walk through it because I'm the Russian tank. You know, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to oh, do all this. You're going to slip some punches. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Then you're going to hit me with something. You will hit me with something. And then I'm going I'm to I'm I'm be a little different. I'm going to back up a little bit. Have to think of me. Or maybe think about when to keep coming in. Then Canelo's like, oh, seventh, eighth round. I'll back this guy up. Oh. They like. Right. But see, Canelo will 
Now, I'm not saying he's going to jump in recklessly, but better be his opportunity is Canelo will walk in. He will walk in. And the question is, how does he walk in? And can better be a find that can better be a slam the door right when Canelo is walking through that opening. To me, that's the strategy. That's that'd be my plan B against Canelo. Uh, obviously, my plan A is to walk forward and see, okay, we're at 175 pounds. I'm a bigger, stronger guy. I'm gonna hit you everywhere and just see if you can take it. Just like Canelo does to other guys. I'm gonna walk you down, I'm gonna hit you everywhere and see if you can take it. And if he can't break him down, or if he's too elusive. Um, then I think then he that, that's what I would do because Canelo he'll do it once he thinks he has he has you hurt again he's not reckless but he will walk through that door opening and I want to see somebody you know slam the door as he was walk, trying to walk through it. Canelo is a smart, accurate puncher, counter puncher. His he last is. few fights he has had to come forward. Canelo does not like to come forward. He has gotten used to coming forward because these mm-hmm. guys, <laughs> they don't want to come forward. Yeah. So he knows yeah. he has to come and get them. Yeah, true. Now, I think we're better BF to a lesser extent. And notice that's why he's calling them out. He's not calling them Benavidez out. They haven't figured Benavidez out. Mm-hmm. They figured, okay, we walk forward to Benavidez. He ain't backing up. He, Dave is just not, Dave is not the type of guy, oh, he can't fight going backwards or fight off the back foot. So he's going to back up. No. You're gonna have to kill David Benavidez right where he's standing. You, you have That's to back just, David up. There's no, there's you, no other way. There's no backing him up. You gotta knock him down. Yeah. Keep him off, off his square. Now yeah. the next thing is, yeah. So obviously we're gonna counter punch him, pick our shots, fight off the back foot against Benavidez. The problem with that is the punches keep coming from Benavidez. They're coming from different angles. He's a bigger, stronger, longer guy. He's got really, really quick hands. Um, very, very fast hands. I think he's. You know, I don't think at that size, I don't think Canelo will see the type of hand speed from anybody than the hand speed he'll see from Benavidez. And no. I think that's I think that's what they're not saying. Oh, once we're undisputed, oh, you guys say Benavidez is the top guy? Okay, we're gonna take him next too. And then that's gonna end the dispute of who the best at 168. See, he ain't saying that. Oh, I'm gonna go to 175 because they ain't figured out how they're gonna deal with Benavidez. They, they don't think they can win that fight going backwards. I'm telling you, they can't. If they thought they could win it, they would call his name. People who they think they can beat, they call their name. They ain't, listen, I, I keep telling people this. Benavides is a puzzle that I don't think people are going to solve for, for, a, for a while. No, because it's only you, one guy. Boxing, boxing him, mm-hmm. he can box. Like, he can box. And if he can't, like, box you, he'll just throw a shotgun jab to bust up, to bust up your face. And then when you start looking for that, then here comes the rest of that shit. And if he starts stepping inside, the variation of combinations and speed and quickness and all the other stuff he can do will start to take an effect. The only thing that you have David Benavides on for now is defense. He will get relaxed on defense and he will allow shots to come in or he'll be looking. He won't he won't pay attention to the shots that are coming to him sometime. But I think that's because he's so much bigger and stronger than people that he's not he doesn't fear the incoming that's coming to him. He's, he's able to just give out more because of his will and aggression, but. Yeah. He's been sparring and I get it bigger gloves, whatever, but he's been battling guys since he was 16, 17 years old, right. Before he even came into his grown man strength and he was able to take the shots. Um, uh, he takes, I've seen him take some shots in his fights. Um, you know, Uskatagi is a big puncher as well. You know, uh, I think it's going to, that's going to be an interesting fight. I think David destroys him, but I think that's going to be an interesting fight. And I just think, uh, you know, this is 
the, the way to beat David is, you, you know, to me, you either got to be Zerto where you're a southpaw and you can stand toe to toe and just go all night in a war and make it a war of attrition with Dave and just outpoint him. Uh, or I think you got to be a slick boxer like a Caleb Plant. The problem with Plant is, is that he doesn't have a power to make David respect him. David will walk through those punches just to come and get you. He'll take three, four punches just to give, give one. If Plant had more power, he would be a lot more dangerous because he's very, very slick defensively. He's got great feet. He's got good hand speed. But again, we question the power, and I think that's going to be the issue he's going to have with, with Canelo. Is I think yeah. he, he can hang in there boxing-wise. I just think he, he's not going to make – he's got to give something that's going to make Canelo respect him. To anyone that's listening, I think, oh, you can work out and get power. You can, but the power that you're getting from working out is just strengthening the third of the punch that you have. You're naturally born with actual power. Yeah, guys like Kovalev. Yeah, guys that can naturally punch like Kovalev and Wilder, and Wilder, Tank. George Foreman, Tank. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name that I was just thinking about? Uh, man, I just forgot the guy just that quick. But there's a Thomas Hearns. These are guys that can just crack. Like they can throw a punch from wherever they are, and when, give it. and when it lands, it it sends you out like. That's just pure grown power. You can't you can't practice that. There's yeah, there's Pacquiao, no way you can same thing. Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Yeah, but you you can't you can't practice that. Like they can fortify what you have, but it, you can't practice power. Even down to like if you look at if you look at Jamel Charlo and, and the rate that he's been knocking guys out. Maybe there was just something wrong with the strategy. Derrick James just fixed it. He just said, "Hey, sit down on the punch. Stop moving mm-hmm. and sit down on the punch." We'll work on a technique, but you have to sit down on it. Yeah, there are certain things that you can do, but when you can actually crack, it don't take much. Like people will move out the way of punches and say, I can feel it when it went by me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, you, you know, I mean, guys fight guys. Everybody don't get punch. Like you see it, you do the eye test, and you hear guys talking about it. You know, if it's a pack out, his hand, I mean, he throws the most awkward, unorthodox way of delivering punches. He, he don't have to sit down on his punches. He could be coming forward doing crazy stuff and land has, has a dramatic effect and impact yeah. with the power. And we obviously seen Wilder, you know, Wilder touches people with his right hand and, and they fall and either go to sleep. Hit a motherfucker in the yeah. middle of the forehead and knock them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hit him anyway. He punched through the gloves and knock them down. And I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just the different, it's, 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 uh, it's a difference between power and strength. Yeah. So you, in, you can it, get, yeah. In, in a situation for Caleb, Larry Wade, Coach Larry Wade, I'm sure he will work on the power and being able to sit down on punches, but I don't know. I don't know about that. I think the key, the key for Plant in that fight is, look, you're not, you're not all of a sudden going to get power or in one training camp get a bunch of strength. We would have had to see strength in his last fight, and he clearly wasn't really there. He's going to have to Floyd Mayweather. Um, he has to use the exact same blueprint that's going to be a lot hotter because Canelo's older, bigger, stronger, more experienced, better. But he's going to, have to use the same blueprint, being a bigger guy than Floyd. He's going to have to fight exactly the same type of fight, be able to go to distance, outpoint him, and frustrate Canelo. And not run, but use effective movement, mesmerize him. And at a, at a, at a few points in the fight, the way he can get Canelo's respect, and it's going to be very hard because Canelo's very good, is he's going to have to hit Canelo with something he doesn't see coming. True, but I just I don't know, Jay, man. Like either that's gonna go 12 rounds or he's gonna fuck Caleb Plant up, man. 
I mean, again, money is going to fuck Caleb Plant up. And it's going to be body. It's going to be body shot. That's just, you know, if I had, if you asked me to put my money up, I would put my mortgage. You know, I didn't, I didn't got one, but I, I, I put it at Canelo ends him with a body shot or a left hook upstairs. Yeah. That, that's just what I think. Um, now, if Caleb is in tip top shape, um, he does have the faster hands. He does have the better footwork. Um, but Canelo has educated feet too, to a certain extent. He cut the ring off. He's very. He's become very good and adept at cutting the ring off, especially now. But there are things Caleb can do to offset that, to get Canelo off balance, to get him leaning. But he's got to be in such great shape. He's got to be in the best shape of his of his life. Yeah. Um, when he fights the Canelos or the David Benavidez, because it's going to require a lot of movement. A lot. Look, he he moved a lot against Uskatagi, and he faded a little bit. He got to be in way better shape than that. Now he hit Uskatagi. He hurt Uskatagi because he hit him with shots he didn't see. He didn't see. And Canelo and guys like Canelo David is way better than Uskatagi. However, however, Plant could get better. And there are opportunities to where he can hit Canelo and get him in positions, much like how Loma did Nakatani. He should really watch the effectiveness of Loma is, is not that he is a super strong. You know, he, he is strong, physically strong. But he don't have one punch knockout power. But it's that he hits guys with so many shots. And a lot of those shots, they don't see coming because they're coming from awkward angles. And he, 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 he's, turned, he's turned you. Next thing you know, you do something, he misses. And then right when, after you finish your shot, you look in this way, and he's down here. And then, boom, a shot comes up. He was hitting Nakatani with those type of shots. And yeah. did so much damage. Caleb Plant has to have that type of strategy, which is hard. Again, because yeah. Melo's rarely out of position. But there, there are ways that you can, like Floyd did, get them overzealous, get them overaggressive, and, um, and, 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 and set, set them up. You're not going to necessarily walk Canelo into something. I think he's too smart for that. But you can get angles on Canelo. He's going to be happy because his feet aren't – he can cut the ring off and his educated feet to cut the ring off. But at the point of attack, his feet are not that good, in my opinion. And I think that Plant's feet are that good. And I think he, he, he has an opportunity with the right type of upper body movement compared with his foot movement to hit Canelo with shots that he can't see coming, but they, they got to come from weird angles. Yeah, it, it, I think it would, <clears throat> excuse me, it would have to be the variation of punches, the speed and the power. Like mm-hmm. the first two are throwaways and the third one is a punch ah. that he sits on. Yeah, that's yeah. a punch that he sits down on. But the only thing about that, again, <laughs> Canelo can counter punch. And when he counter punches, it's 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 a knockout counter punch. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. If it's not a knockout, Canelo's punches when he counters are shocking, thudding punches. It's to make yeah. you go, yo, I don't want to do, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And it completely throws the timing off, and it disrupts everything that you're trying to do. Now that's why I think Caleb can't be one, two, three. He's got to mix. You got to use feints. He's got to mix up stuff that he does. He's, he he can't always throw combinations. I think that's gonna be managed problem with Arrow. Manny's always. It's not that. It's not that. And I think that's everyone's gonna time him. See, he likes to come in. Oh, you like to throw three, four punch combinations. Like, okay, I see you. All right. And I think uh, the key to the fight is Plan is gonna have to throw a multitude of different combinations from different angles, and it can't be the same amount of punches within the combination. Sometimes. It is uh, two punches. Sometimes it is four punches. 
One time it may be five punches if you can get them out of position. But you know, you know something's coming back. Yeah. So you got to be ready. You got to be ready for that. And, and, and I think I think it should be behind the jab too, because Caleb got yeah. a nice long jab. I think it he got be a nice long jab. jab. Um, again, I rate his jab right behind Benavidez's because Benavidez just has so much power uh, to his jab. But Caleb has a nice stiff jab. It's very accurate. It's very quick. It's got to be behind the jab. But here's the other thing about Canelo: you make him miss that counter, but you got to make him pay. What mm-hmm. enough guys don't do yes. is that once he misses, yes. they don't make him pay. And I think that's why he's having an issue with Benavidez is because I think whether he lands or he misses with Benavidez, Benavidez is going to make you pay because he's throwing his hands. Yep. And I, and I don't think I don't think with Benavidez, I don't think he's going to like because I do, I do know Canelo likes to throw wide hooks early in the fight just to see if he can mm-hmm. catch you. I yeah. don't think David is going to, I think David will stand there and try to parry it and take it and, you know, like, and throw a shot off yeah. of it. Oh, and, he'll catch and shoot. Yeah. He'll, 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 catch, he'll catch and shoot for sure. And David doesn't throw wide punches. The no. other thing that's dangerous about throwing wide punches with David, if you're the shorter guy and, and, and you got the shorter arms, it's really dangerous against Benavidez because his punches are very straight, very crisp, very short. They come from a lot of different angles. He throws hooks, hybrid hooks. But it's all fast and it's never wide. If you look at one bit of his punches, his arms, and it generates massive power because it comes from his core. All his punches, they, they're variations, but they come from the core. You never see Benavidez outside of his core. And I think that's Maul's problem. Maul throws a lot of punches. I mean, his one-two is good, but he's got to work on throwing different types of punches and variations of punches that are connected to his core. He's very strong physically, but a lot of times he'll get wide. And that's why Montiel was catching him with those left, left uppercuts all day long. He was catching him with those straight lefts because Maul was wide. He was mm-hmm. too wide. And Benavidez is never wide. I, Benavidez is never wide. Everything is down a pipe. Then, you know, like boom, body, boom, boom. But every, the elbows are always, you never see Benavidez. Benavidez, when he fights, his elbows are never out here. His elbows are always right here. Always. His elbows only come out when he got you hurt, as far as I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's all right here, and it's boom, boom, and, and then he's a big guy, and he throws that, and he's got heavy hands, and, he, and he's got so much hand speed, and everything's coming at you. And, you know, it, the thing with David makes him his difference, all his punches are thudding, but he does have one-punch knockout power. He does, if he catches you. And so um, I just think that's definitely the most dangerous fight for Canelo. Um, I think Plant has to be perfect, has to have a little Loma in him with the angles to get Canelo, and I just don't, I don't think he, because I haven't seen him, he did it against Uskatagi, but Canelo was way better than uh Yeah, than I think, I think Coach Larry Wade is going to take that conditioning up a, up a level, like, I think he's, I think he's going to have to get it past uh, Sean Porter level, because that's who, yeah. that's, that's one oh, yeah. of his biggest guys, but. Uh, he, he's going to have to die in camp and be reborn and be reincarnated, like, he's going to have to be reincarnated yep, we got in to order for him to. Develop an alter ego. He's going to have to, even to last the full fight with Canelo, win or lose, he's going to have to be reborn. He just is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard outing. And I'm not saying that because I don't believe in Caleb Plant. I just know what I'm looking at, man. Like Canelo, yeah. he's had time and people don't understand this. And 50 something fights, these last four to five fights, he's just developed so much more because, oh, well, he can't come forward on his front foot. Well, these last four or five fights, he's had to come forward on the front foot. Oh, he can't, mm-hmm. you know, he uh, he only he only counter punches. 
Well, he's showing that he knows how to jab. Oh, well, he only uses his left hook and his right hand. Now he's throwing punches, not just to certain spots on the body, but he hits anything now. And he wore, yeah. Caleb, he wore Caleb Smith out with that, just hitting. Yeah, he, he just going to break you down. And he, he is the best, and I wish Maul would look at this. He is the best. And no matter where he hits you, he could be hitting the elbow, a shoulder, a bicep. That's a lot of injuries guys suffer fighting Canelo. He is the best at realizing, I'm going to target an area, and I'm going to wear that area out. I got to hit something. It, it, it don't have to be your ribs. It don't have to be your chin. It don't have to be your temple. It could be your shoulder. It could be your bicep. It could be your tricep. It could be your hip because it, it could be hit hip. the hip. That shit it, hurt. It, it, it could be any of that. But I'm going to keep targeting that area. And, 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 and that's another way he breaks people down. Um, and so I think that's what, uh, what he does. The Triple G, we used to do it to, to a, not as calculated as Canelo. But he would do it to eventually just break break through people's shells with those yeah. hard punches. Yeah. But that's what you're but, supposed uh, to do. If you get yeah. close enough, you got to hit. They say always, if you're close yeah. enough to him, hit something. I don't give a fuck yeah. what it is. And, and, and David Benavidez does an excellent job of doing that. And I think it would behoove Charlo to start working on that himself. Sometimes you're not, like with a guy like Montiel who's tough and who's awkward, you're not going to, you know, and he was, I think he got, he got caught into catching him with clean shots. But the thing is, is that when a guy's awkward and you, you catch him with clean shots, you got to make something else hurt. Okay, you can take it upstairs. You can take it to the chin. But what, you know, what if I take away his left hand? You know, I'm getting hit with left uppercut. What if I target that left shoulder? What if I just throw my right hand and I'm just killing that left shoulder all night long? You know, you got to think about stuff like that to take something away. That's why I like the variation in punches uh, from <clears throat> Errol, from David <clears throat> Benavidez, from Jamil, because Jamil, like, he used to be straight down a pipe, but now he does it from different angles and it's different punches that he throws now to, to catch guys. Because yeah. I heard a couple guys say, I didn't see that punch coming. I was like, all right, so yeah. it's proof that he's been working on the way that he delivers his, his combinations yeah. and, and, and variations of punches. But the, these are going to be some hard fights. Uh, I, I wish Caleb Plant well. I'm not saying that because I don't have no faith in him. I just have who I have and I, I already yeah. placed my bet. So. Yeah, the uh, skill set is there. I think if it was just strictly skill set, the skill set is there. It's not that. It's just I think it's, it's the strength and conditioning that I'm worried it's, about. It's the strength and conditioning and, and he, then of course the power. Correct. Like the power right. of Canelo. So he has to work yeah. on punch resistance. So he has to be in there with guys that are heavyweights, which I'm sure he's you know he's in there with. And by the way, we're talking about this fight, but this fight hasn't even been signed yet. We're going into yes. July. So here, here's what I think. Now we're talking about this. I don't think he gets the fight. So, so who do you you who do you, what let, do me you tell what, let me let me tell, let me tell you why I don't think he gets the fight. Al is not gonna say you're gonna come to snatch this belt that we got in this division and just walk away with it. No, you want this belt? We need a couple big paydays or two or three. I like I told you before. I think if he gets plant, no, you want to fight Benavidez. There's no way in the world I think Al lets him come to PBC, which it would, it would be a PBC fight. It'd be definitely Fox pay-per-view. There's no way in the world Al and Floyd <laughs> let him walk in there and just get plant, take the belt, and walk right off into the sunset. It ain't going to happen. I think the fight doesn't happen because I think they say, no, we need a two- or three-fight deal. And I think Canelo's like, well, I'm independent. I'm not signed to anybody. I'm not signing a two- or three-fight deal. And the translation of that is I don't want to fight David Benavidez because you can't say you want to do it because you don't fall two- and three-fights over on the zone. So you're lying. Yes. So to me, if I'm Al, that's what I do. And then what I do is I say, well, Canelo didn't, obviously didn't want Caleb Plant. 
He didn't want Caleb Plant so much because he didn't want to fight Benavidez. So obviously he didn't want the two top guys on 168. Now you ruin the whole narrative for Canelo. Now it's not like he just ducking one guy. Because in, in that, you can't say that they weren't willing to pay you. Paying you ain't the problem. No, paying you the problem. You just weren't willing to take certain fights. So, okay, yeah. And, and, and Canelo is, Canelo and, and Reynoso, the problem is they made, them, they made a very, very huge error. They showed their hand by saying, oh, we want B-ball or better be it. But it better be it even more. So you're already telling people, Oh, once we get unified and be undisputed and, 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 and do a Mexican parade for Canelo and build a museum in his honor, then we're going to go take another guy that we think could be, you know, we think we got a chance of beating at 175. We're not even going to talk about him to beat it. See, I don't think Al lets it happen. I think Al is like, no, let's truly see who's the best at 168. Now, Al is never going to say it because he's not going to say it, but Sam Watson, all the other guys on PBC, they're going to get there. They, I'm telling you, this is going to be the messenger. You know, look. Yeah, yeah. Caleb Plant has, it, it, but but we Zerto, all know Zerto we, even said it like, yo. Yeah, Zerto said all the other fighters said. Everybody Canelo, knows, he, said, everybody he, said, said. he said Canelo would beat him when he was young. He said, I don't know about now. He See, said David is better. Well, no, Zerto said he thinks David would win. No, that's uh, okay. Well, I he didn't, said, I didn't hear that part. I, I heard yeah. him say like, I, I don't know about, I don't know if he beats, I don't know if he beats uh, uh David now, but at a younger, a younger guy, yeah. Yeah, Zerto said, because Zerto was like, I think he he beats him. And Zerto was like, the best fight for David is eventually if we fight. Yeah. Can you? At 175. <laughs> Zerto said it. And then they went, they went to David and asked David. He's like, man, we're, we're cool. But no, we, 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 I definitely want to scrap. He and I, I, he said, I definitely see that fight in the future. He said, I'm young. I'm 24. Yeah. I want to clear out 168. He said, then I'll come see him at yeah. 175. So I can see that fight happen two, three years from now. Yes, but sir. at the end of the day, I think Al, that's why you ain't heard nothing. Al and Plant is okay with it, if you think about it. Plant is like, man, I'm going to miss a payday. But Al is so slick and so shrewd. Al was like, okay, maybe that, but we'll get you two fights where you'll get the money you would have had in Canelo. We'll make sure you're good. But from a company standpoint, we can't just let Canelo come in here and get that strap for nothing and walk away. And he's got the predicate because he'd be like, okay, why can he fight Billy Joe Saunders? Why can he fight Abner Yildirim? Why can he fight Callum Smith? But he can't fight. Why do those guys see Canelo don't have an argument? What did he do to deserve? How can Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders get a fight, but David Benavidez can't get one? See, and so now it changes the whole narrative. And I don't care what the zone does and what Eddie Hearn says and all this other stuff. It's like, it's going to make Canelo look like, oh, you just want to fight Eastern European and Western European fighters. You don't want to fight Mexicans or Americans or Black people. You won't do it. And so now it's like, okay, yeah, you're willing to take the white boy. All right, you want to take Caleb Plant, but take Dina Bidez too. These are the top two guys at 168. If you want to truly be undisputed and be great and prove you're the best, there's a dispute. If you go, if you talk to fighters, everybody else, they think David Benavidez is actually bad. Even though Caleb Plant has IBF felt. Everybody thinks David Benavidez is the best, and they, yeah, he's two-time WBC champion, and nobody ever beat him. Yeah, and, and we, I think we're, uh, the majority of us that are uh, knowledgeable about boxing will, will say the same thing. Yeah, that fight doesn't happen, and so what Canelo does is Canelo goes to Eddie Hearn, give this guy a bag, give him what he wants, and Caleb Plant says, still says no. We're gonna find out how bad Canelo wants to perpetrate the fraud of being undisputed in 168 and avoid Benavidez. If they try to lure a, a, a plant over to the zone and pay him big money, no, because you still 
you still got to talk to Sam Lukowitz. I think that's that's his uh, manager. And Sam, all, all, all Sam is going to do is go like, yo, this is what they said, Al. Yeah, and, and exactly. And so Al got that all locked up. And Plant is very loyal to Al. And he trusts Al. And I think, again, strat from a strategic standpoint, I, that fight is not going to happen. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. I'm gonna say this, man. That's, there's a lot of money that will be missed if they pass that up. There's a lot of money that will be missed. You can still do that in, in in a Texas in a Texas stadium or or not. Yeah, a Texas state or Tennessee. You can go somewhere in Tennessee, yeah. the Titans or something and, like and, that. And, and if but if you out, you like look. Caleb's a young champion. Davis young. Okay, Canelo. We said we heard Canelo want to go to 175 and fighting you know Russians and Europeans. Okay, he can, he can do that and come back. When he's ready to face the best at 168, he can come back. We'll be here, and I think that's that's going to be the PBC. Uh, but it, I think uh, it's position. so much mo- like you would really pass up that. I would definitely, if I'm out, I definitely pass that up. Because what else is Canelo? No, no, no. Do? I'm saying Canelo, you would really pass that up because you're gonna. It's so much money. Canelo to be made. does not want David Benavidez, and we know it. If he wanted David Benavidez, he would he say something. Him out notice, already. notice. He only said something after Charlo after the Montiel fight. He see because he is he calls out wherever he sees weakness, and so he doesn't see weakness that he feels he can exploit and have the best the best advantage to win against Benavidez. He never calls Benavidez's name ever, Mm-mm. and so if you're Al, Al knows the game. Oh, you never say my man name over here. I wonder why. Well, we know why. So no, there's no way in the world I'm gonna let you walk down the street and not see see these two guys and so, you know al reaches out to these guys too yo you, you can oh yeah. you, can you can you beat them hell yeah i'll fuck see, him up and the reason i think it's already the predicate is already laid i think that's why benavidez is so calm about everything because benavidez is like look i'm gonna get mine regardless either canelo gonna have to come see me after he be plant or if he ducks the situation really because of me then he doesn't get plant where else does Plant have to go but me? See, so David is like, I'm good. I'm going to get the strap. I'm good regardless, and I can go get everybody else. Canelo's going to drop the belts. If you want to keep them, you're going to eventually have to see me maybe even on the backside. Now, if you, you, but you can't let Benavidez. You think he's going to be worse at 26 than he is at 24? No. Fuck so no. the time for Canelo to fight him, the be- the, no better time than now. But I say Canelo ducks him. And I say Canelo will duck him and will not get that Caleb Plant fight. And I think Eddie Hearn and all the mainstream media and old media will spin it all they want to and make it all blame Al. And I think the PBC will be like, they're going to say, well, man, we have an issue here. So why can, in the zone, he can fight Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith, but he can't fight Caleb Plant and David Benavidez. What's wrong with this scenario? And I'll be like, okay, well, Show me. Let's have a real conversation. Do we think Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith are better than David Benavidez and Caleb Plant? Boxing is about, if you want to be Tom uh, Plant, no. it's, about, it's about fighting the best. So I would say go ask around. Go ask around. And do people think these two guys are better or do they think the other two guys he beat over in the UK are better? Yeah, no. We all know. So I think, again, Canelo's going to lose that one too. Um, much like Bud is losing, you know, uh, uh, the, the messaging campaign because of his fights and how he missed the Pacquiao fight and all that. The same thing is going to end up happening to Canelo. He's going to have to take this fight. Now, if he does, 
If you were to I, send the, the, those two guys from PBC, David Benavidez over there, David Benavidez and Caleb Plant over to the zone, they would clean out the same. That. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, no, yeah. just listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, would, sure. they would clean out those same guys with no they, problem. They would have did the exact same thing. Actually, so Plant would have beat both of those guys by decision easily. He would outpointed them, made them look bad. Caleb Plant would have beat Callum Smith, and he would have beat Billy Joe Saunders in a, in a unanimous decision. I think he would have stopped uh, Callum Smith. I don't think he stopped Callum Smith because I'm just not a believer again in Plant's power. I think he embarrasses them and he outpoints them in a unanimous decision. I think David Benavidez stops both of them earlier than Canelo does and inflicts even more damage and pain than Canelo did. Absolutely. Well, we know what Dave, we know what Dave's so, gonna do. To me, that, I just think that know, if 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 Caleb had it in his mind to use all the speed and everything that he has uh-huh. and, and the movement, uh-huh. I think he could just fuck up Callum Smith and, and do the whole Pacquiao yeah. situation and exactly. just wear him out. But and, and here's the cool thing that Al could do. See, here's the people don't understand is it's chess, not checkers. Al. I'd be like, okay, well, since you guys think that the UK guys are so good, Billy Joe, Callum, you fought Canelo, come over here and fight David Benavidez. We'll pay you. Come over here and fight David Benavidez, and let's see how good you are. We saw what Canelo did to him. Let's see what David will do to him. Yeah. See, and, and you and I know neither one of them are taking that fight. Hell you know, no. uh, they'll say, oh, well, I'm hurting my eye socket. I'm thinking about retirement. Callum Smith will be like, oh, I'm moving up to 175. So we already know where the excuses are coming. They're already built in. So at the end of the day, it still goes to the main point. The common denominator is Canelo don't want to fight David Benavidez. We know that. We see so that. So that's, to me, that's the play. Notice Caleb Plant is really, 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 really uh, uh, quiet. Uh, Caleb is chilling. I think he knows what the play is. And I think Caleb says, okay, yeah. Me and David Benavidez is a big fight, too, and I can still get a bag, and I know Al's going to look out for me because I see the company play. And Caleb Plant's a company man, and I, I noticed that about him. So I just think – Caleb don't say shit, man. He just stick to what he – He just stick to the game plan. Yeah. So because of the way he's not getting out of character, and then I look at how now Benavidez is carrying himself, the maturity, just the – he's not sweating it because I think he knows something. I think he knows – Canelo got to come see me. If he want, if he want Caleb's belt, Canelo got to come see me because I'm going to make sure it's a two-fight deal. Why does the zone, like you said, I thought it was three-fight, but you're right. It was, they finished up one deal and then did another two fights, even though he really still did three with them um, post the whole thing. But it was a two-fight deal that he signed. So why can't you do a two-fight deal with PBC? Here go to two fights. And we're not even saying Charlo. You don't want to do 160. He's not even coming up. We're giving you Caleb Plant. You get a chance to get the belt. And bam, here you go, David Benavidez. If you just so happen to, if you just so happen to win, here, take this month. And, and here's the, here's the other narrative again, and it's bad politics on Canelo. You know, uh, what was what, what I, I sent you a text that what does WB stand for? Uh, uh, we something Canelo. Oh yeah, we back Canelo. Yeah, we back yeah. Canelo, right? So the yeah. we back Canelo uh, 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 sanctioning body. The problem with that is they'll be like, well, David Benavidez never actually lost the WBC in the ring. And they'll say Canelo really didn't earn that WBC belt. The WBC threw it in there in the fight with Callum Smith and Callum Smith wasn't even ranked in the WBC high. He wasn't even the top three of the WBC. So it, it just, it's going to be a bad look on Canelo either way 
Because David's gonna be like, that's my belt. You didn't earn it. I was the last real, I was the last WBC champion, which I'm is the, a fact. I'm the lineal champion. I'm the nobody lineal beat champion. me. Nobody, nobody beat me beat for the belt. Me. So come and beat me if you want that. And then David will talk that talk. He'll be respectful. Hey, Carlos, great. He's amazing, but he can't beat me. And that's once, my belt. Once he gets that uh, message, go go ahead from Al and Sam. He gonna he oh, gonna yeah. go the fuck off. He, he gonna say, okay, you know what's the? He said, why does it not apply to me? Everybody said you gotta beat the man. You know, y'all over here saying TFEMO's undisputed because he beat the man that had all the belts and nobody beat that man. Then nobody beat me. So why doesn't the same logic apply? So he can, he can use old media's trickery against them. You know, it's the same thing they go for Tyson Fury. Oh, he's the, oh, y'all it's a type Tyson Fury, the lineal. He's the, the lineal man champion, man. yeah. Okay, so cool. So come beat the man. And I think they just, old media lose that argument going and coming. And here's the other thing. It is an absolutely huge fight. That would if Canelo fought David Benavidez, there's only maybe two or three other fights you can make that would that would be bigger than that fight. Terrence Bud Crawford, Errol Spence, Vasil Lomachenko versus Tank Davis, Woo. and obviously Wilder and anybody, right? Wilder Fury or Wilder AJ. Let's Ooh. say if Wilder knocks out Fury, Wilder AJ, that would be bigger. So Ooh. those are the only those are the only fights that would be bigger than um, and that's conditional, right? Errol's got to beat Pacquiao. That's conditional. Wilder's got to beat Fury. So there's conditions there. But let's say Wilder does beat Fury. The only guy left standing there is AJ. So that's plausible, even though we know AJ been ducking him forever. And you know, obviously, Bud is obviously ducking Errol now. He's like, I don't want to fight together. I want to fight. Dude, whatever. It's for all the belts. It's for pound for pound supremacy. You, you don't, you know, everybody. Arrow gives you the one credibility, the credibility that you will, that you that, that nobody ever says you have. Nobody ever claims that you fought the top guys at 147. They all lie and say the top guys are afraid of you. So if Arrow was willing to step on the line to sign that dotted line, why aren't you? See, there's no excuses for Bud. So those fights are the only fights that are bigger than Canelo and Benavidez. And you know the crazy thing about it? We could technically get all those fights all next year. They're all, yes. those fights are all possible. Yes. Yes. But this is why boxing needs a commissioner because you, if I'm a commissioner. You, you said tank, you said tank Loma? Tank Loma at 135. You tank think that's a, you think that would be a bigger fight than tank? That would and, be a bigger um, fight. That would be a bigger tank fight. Tank and Dev. I'm going to tell you why. Tank is tank. He's huge. Um, the other thing is, Tank now has the Canelo affiliation, right? So that shine, yeah. you're starting to see the symmetry. You know? yeah. And Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson says, oh, Tank is, Tank the, is best the best fighter. ever. He's the best <laughs> ever. So you got, you got a former past great and you got a current great who are lining, who are backing Tank Davis. And then you got mainstream media and rightfully so. And a lot of people backing Loma, Masia Loma, Lomachenko. And after looking at his performance, you can see it. Two south, hold on, and two south paws. Oh. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that part. <laughs> Whoo. Whoo. Yeah. That's, that is, that's heat, bro. Like, that fight, I'm sorry. Um, it's, it, it's bigger. I would just hope, I'm not going to speak on the situation. I would just hope that in the upcoming months, Devin Haney makes a very good decision as far as boxing goes and his career um, yeah. and his training. And from there he starts to take some of these fights because now it's starting to look like it's open 
for him to yeah. just to just start. See, I think Haney comes in again. He's younger. I think Haney comes in on the on the backside of that. I think mm. that's what, and that's a good spot for him to be in. Let these guys, let these older guys figure it out. Keep building yourself up, and then be there when the dust settles. Because nobody's looking for Haney. Not even right now. Tank ain't calling Devin out. Lomachenko says I'll fight him, but he ain't calling him out. Lomachenko's looking for Teo for that get back, and Lomachenko said I'll fight Tank. Tank has been talking about Lomachenko forever. That's again, that's and, and that's the part yeah. that people don't admit. Like Tank Ben called him out, and yeah. oh, he never so, called him out. Yeah, he did years ago. When you look at all these fights, they all make sense. Canelo won't say Benavidez's his name. Benavidez has been saying Canelo name, so we have doubt there. Uh, Wilder been calling out AJ. AJ talks a lot of trash, but not just called him out. Yeah. Offer them the fifty million that he wants. Fifty million dollars. So, but AJ would have nowhere to at that point. If he be sure, AJ has nowhere to go. But do you fight. think speaking on that fight, Wilder Fury? No, 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 Wilder Joshua. Do you think that happens in the states or does it happen over there? That happens in the states. You think so? Yeah, it happens in the states. Okay. It, it happens in the states and it happens in Vegas at the Raiders Stadium. That's where it happens. You gotta do it there. You got. That's the only place to do it. Um, that is the you know that's the best. That's the only place to do it. You know, you would say Madison Square Garden because no, 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 no. But either it would have to be there, or it got to be Wembley, bro. Ninety-three, hundred thousand. But because it's heavyweights and history, heavyweights is mostly in these big arenas. It would either have to be at Wembley or it would have to be at Vegas. My money is is that goes on Vegas because. The money side, we, if we ask ourselves, who's going to come up with more money? Do I trust Al to come up with the bigger money to have it in the States? Or do I trust Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and Zone to have it go in the UK? I trust the American network with, uh, with you know, the pay-per-view system here and Al to make it happen over here over then, then vice versa. So that fight would happen here in Vegas. What would be the connector? Is it because it's the new deal for uh, Eddie Hearn, right? Is I don't know if it's Match Room or, or or whoever it is that he's with now, but uh, I'm sure it would be cheaper for them um, to pay for it than it would be for us because we would end up paying like a thousand, a hundred dollars for that pay per view. But I'm sure that they would have some decent pay per view money over there. You know, who knows? I just know whatever happens, it'll be in Vegas, that Raider Stadium, and it'll be here on American soil. Man, that shit would be crazy, bro. I tried to get the uh Fury uh Fury Wilder tickets for the yeah. for the second section. They wanted mm-hmm. eight hundred dollars for the tickets, man. Yeah, that's gonna be a you know a a um uh, a list you know celebrity pimp, yeah pimp pimp player ball hustler <laughs> chopped and screwed audience. That's what yeah, that's gonna man. be. You know, everybody gonna be shining. Either everybody gonna be shining. Or either you're gonna have a you know the, the Tom Brady's, you know, the Denzel Washington with the oh, they coming out. Coat. They coming they out. Come out. All, all the elites in all of sports athletics and across the entertainment industry, they're all gonna come out to that fight. And you know, it's Vegas, man. The lights shine nowhere brighter than Vegas. So to me, that's where that's where it happens. And let me say this, I forgot. It th- I think it was a Floyd fight I looked up once. No, it wasn't Floyd. I think it was a, a Wilder fight. I think it was. When he fought, no, the, the first fight with uh, Fury. When I tried right. to get a ticket to that, I think the, like, the first row was like $100,000. Mm-hmm. So I know yes. that's going to be crazy. You got to be crazy, man. Jesus, so. the money they be raking in, man. God yeah, they, they get that one. 
Man, and then so got. even if you think about Tank selling out sixteen thousand five hundred, let's just say estimated a ticket for the night was a hundred dollars. That's a million point, blah blah blah, and ticket uh-huh. sales, man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Good, just salute to them though for uh, for getting that together. But yeah, they, we got some good fights on our hands. I would definitely like to see Devin Haney uh get 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 a lot better. I mean, he's already he's already great now, but as far as strength and conditioning, get himself together and be there, like you said, when the dust settles and be in the mm-hmm. mix of all the fights that's going on. Because it would be yeah. I, it would be awesome to see him in a mix with uh, Tank, even if he did get the fight with uh, what's what's my man name? Uh, fucking what's his dude? Tiafimo, Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Yeah, Tiafimo, but I don't think he's gonna get that because the dude just signed that it, deal it, again. It, but. That, that, that fight isn't happening. Here's what here's what happens with Dev. Dev says, okay, I'm gonna let these guys do what they do at 135. I'm gonna be there, and I'm gonna knock off all the other guys. I'm gonna beat the Fortunas. I'm gonna beat the Richard Comeys. I'm gonna Jojo beat Diaz. Jojo Diaz. I'm gonna beat these guys. Tevin and then obviously I have next and then, you know, after Devin Haney, depending upon what he does, he can probably pick up the crumbs left from Devin Haney will be Chris Colbert, Lil B-Hop. You know, that's how he then gets in, gets in the mix. This is two years, three years down the line, but uh, uh, more like two years down the line. So I think Haney keeps himself busy and knocks off all this, you know, the perceived top guys in the division. And then when a super fight happens between Loma and Tank, is there. Ryan Garcia is all talk. Like, could he get the fight? Yeah, but he's all talk. He ain't done anything. He ain't ready. Ryan Ryan Garcia will not fight Devin Haney. Ryan Garcia will not fight Tank. So Ryan Garcia, he won't take the risk. He won't fight, you know, and so he'll just be a YouTube star. He ain't ain't ready for that. He ain't ready for that. After that fight, he won against Luke Campbell, and they went in the dressing room. You probably saw the same thing I saw. He was talking shit, and he said, I want Devin Haney or Tank next. And and Canelo shook his head, and he told him, like, you're not ready for that. He said, no, I want no. those guys. And Canelo was like, God, you're not ready. No, for that. no, no. You're not ready for that. So, but I got a roll. Yes, sir. The, the bad signal. But yeah, man. Uh, man, great conversation. A lot of great fights. But if those fights happen, bro, to me, those are the best fights to be made in boxing. Yeah, they're going to be taking my money. They're going to be taking my money. Maybe. Yeah. Take all our money. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it, Jay. I'm going to get on the no body doubt. here. Cool. All right. All right. I'll holler at you, bro. Peace. Yes, sir.